Hey, Top News listeners, this is Luke Garrett. And Megan Cloherty. We're the hosts of WTOP's daily local news podcast, The DMV Download. Don't worry, top news from WTOP isn't going away, but we wanted to drop in and give you a taste of what we're producing, a podcast that goes deeper into the biggest stories of the day. If you like what you hear, head over to the DMV Download podcast and subscribe. It's Thursday, October 27th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Today, we get a sneak peek of a brand new art museum here in the district. It's owned by a couple from Miami with an extensive contemporary art collection. If we could change one life, we've done an incredible thing. Because to us, art is total magic. That's Don Rubel. He gave WTOP's Mike Murillo a private tour of his and his wife's museum in D.C. It sits in a renovated old schoolhouse from the turn of the 20th century. It's a really neat backstory, uh, according to the Rubels who opened this. This is where Marvin Gaye, name ring a bell, that's where he went to school. In one of those rooms, he was told he's going to do something with his life. And well, he did. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. And I'm Luke Garrett. There's a new name to add to an already crowded art museum list here in D.C. It's called the Rubel Museum, and it's opening up Saturday in Southwest, just a few blocks from Nats Park. Our very own Mike Marillo got an exclusive look at the new art museum and joins us now. First of all, thanks for rushing back to tell us about it. You got it. Got here. I broke some wrecks, some uh, speed limits or whatever. I got here. <laughs> that's all it. that counts, right? And you're paying the ticket. Exactly. Right. That's, that's what we agreed upon. Um, so first things first, where is this museum? Um, and tell us about, like, I guess it's part of a school or something, or it's in a school? Yeah, it's in southwest D.C. It's at the location of the old Randall Junior High School, which is a longtime school in D.C. that was shuttered oh. about a couple decades ago. Okay. Um, it's a really neat backstory, uh, according to the Rubels who opened this. This is where Marvin Gaye, name ring a bell, that's where he went to school. Wow. And they say one Incredible. Of their, one of their favorite stories is that in one of those rooms, he was told he's going to do something with his life. And, well, he did. So there's a cool backstory that's totally unrelated to the But it isn't, actually, because, you know, now they have this exhibit and this, this, this whole new museum that they set up there. It's going to focus on not only well-known artists, but also local artists and that sort of thing. So you're going to go in there and you're going to get hit with art from many different people, people you've never heard of, to people you've heard of. Mm. And the exhibit's called What's Going On, you know, a tip of the hat to Marvin Gaye himself. Mm-hmm. Can I tell us about this art specifically? It's contemporary art. So is it going to be kind of more modern-y? Like what kind of art are we seeing for those of us who aren't in the art world? From my my brief uh, trip through the museum, it's a mix. I mean, you're going to see, like, there are some were just big jugs that when you look inside, you get a surprise. I'm not going to give away what the surprises are, but look inside the jugs when you see those. But, you know, you'll also see things that go towards social justice causes and and, and things we've seen over the last couple of years, you know, issues pop up. You're going to see a lot of paintings and art and and just sculptures that really go go towards, you know, what some of the uh, narratives that we've seen uh, expressed out there, especially when it comes to that topic. Interesting. Mike, I know you got a tour today from the owners, the executive director was there, some of the artists. Um, tell us about this family, the Rubels. Like, wh- what's their backstory and how did we get here? What a cool family. So you have the husband and wife, Don and Mara Rubel, and then their son was there as well, who's going to be taking over for them, you know, as they decide to retire. They're not retiring yet, though, they say. So they're, you know, <laughs> they have this great collection. The, they own the largest contemporary art collection 
in North America. Wow. They're, uh, you know, wow. I don't know if there's an official title given, but from how many works they have, over eight, close to 8,000 works, I think actually even more than that. So if you think of that, they have a lot. Mm. And they have a Miami museum, and this is their version, bringing it to D.C., and they're sharing some of their works here. And it's really cool because it's free for D.C. residents. Wow. So you can get in there for free if you're a D.C. resident, nice. and this is them paying for it. It's not the government money. Right. You know, like you see with the Smithsonian's paying for the admission. They're actually allowing you to come in for free, and they're hoping to inspire some folks. I was listening to some of the sound you got with Don, and he was saying how that's really part of the mission is to like bring art to everybody. If we could change one life, we've done an incredible thing. Because to us, art is total magic. And I think anyone who's exposed to it, it's magic. And these works, because they're contemporary, are dealing with contemporary issues. So they'll look at it and they understand what it is. A lot of times they'll explain it to us. Don, when you on. use the word magic, magic is when a work of art can give you an insight into your own life. And so they have one in Miami, but now they're opening one up here in D.C. Why D.C.? Why did they pick the nation's capital? I think it's a mix because they're going to have some topics that, you know, they might want people down the street to know or hear. In Congress. Experience. <laughs> exactly. They have alluded to, you know, you go out the door and back and you know, you're in, you're at the Capitol. So, right. <laughs> you know, there are going to be some exhibits that really try to get the attention of everybody, including, you know, lawmakers and mm. that sort of thing. And plus, they said they just had that connection to D.C. Coming to D.C. is a, is a kind of a fantasy and a, and a kind of a dream to be able to engage with the kind of topics and, and issues of our time. And, and the artists that, that we collect are, we think, really great voices for, for uh, the condition of the world we live in. So this is a, a real interesting an experiment, but a very challenging, fun adventure for us. You know, they said a lot of things pointed them into the direction of D.C., in particular, this building in southwest D.C., and and here they are. They've set up shop, and they're going to be welcoming in the community, and you're going to see multiple exhibits. And right now, as you said, the Marvin Gaye uh, What's going tribute. on? What's yeah. going on? Um, so we are talking about where this museum is, and it is walkable from uh, the Nats Park. Navy Yard. Navy Yard, thank you. But it's in a part of town that a lot of us haven't really been in before unless you were getting a— Car inspection, because um, mm-hmm. it's sort of like an industrial area. Not much anymore, though. I was actually having this discussion with someone else as I'm driving down in front of the the uh, the, the Randall Junior High School, which is now the uh, the Rubel Museum. Yeah. But you're seeing a lot of construction, really? like you're seeing at the wharf and elsewhere. So you're seeing some big buildings go up. You're seeing that community, obviously, probably because of the wharf and right. Nats Park and yeah, right, and Audi Audi Field. And you're seeing all these places, you know, start to build up there. So you are seeing some of that. Is there parking, or is it is it easier to probably metro there? Probably easier to metro. Yeah. I got some street parking, but yeah. depending on time of the day. <laughs> right, and you, I mean, to your point, it's really right between the wharf and Navy Yard, which both locations have seen immense development. You just did a story on the wharf, kind of phase two, that the city's really encouraging people to visit this area. Can you tell us about this area and generally how much it's changed over the years? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, do how you much have an time hour? do you have? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you for know, some of us who haven't been here in a while, you know? Well, uh, just the other week when I went to the wharf, a one-mile stretch of the southwest waterfront where you can do anything and everything. There's hotels. There's places to stay. There's yeah, you see uh, Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen right. coming in. You see him glaring down at you when you're walking down the <laughs> sidewalk. You know, you're seeing all this development down in this area where 
for many years, you, you didn't have that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Megan, you've lived here for your life. You both have lived here yeah. longer than I have. Yeah. And it's not the same place that you remember from 20, 30 years ago. It's not. I mean, and par- this is just my opinion in this. Uh, I shouldn't probably give it. But uh, to me, like when the fish, the fisherman's market kind of went away, it lost a little bit of that sort of D.C. culture. It feels very brand new down there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for an area that didn't have a lot of growth. It's huge. And the arena stage is right there as well. So Mm -hmm. that was sort of like this one little island of culture Mm. um, for that part of the city. And now it's great. They have this museum down there. Mike, were there any like specific artists they spoke about as far as like major works that you could expect to see? Or is it more kind of you get a smattering? I will say for me personally, you know, I I won't. I'm definitely not a connoisseur of (laughs) contemporary art. So they were mostly new names to me. But some of these people are definitely more renowned in, in their fields. and. You know, you'll see several of them, one from Baltimore, one from New York, that they really kind of focused the area on. And actually, one of their their stars that they had there was... My name is Sylvia Snowden, and I'm a painter. I live in Washington, D.C., and I've been painting professionally since 1965. That's when I graduated from school. That's why I say professionally. But I, I paint every day, and I am prolific, and I'm known as the figure painter. I like the figure. I like people. I like doing human beings. I like knowing people. You know, not to pass judgment one way or the other, but just to know what what they are about. And you see yourself in people. We're so much alike, but we come in different proportions. She was kind of the star of the show. So I think they're trying to do that a bit, you know, not necessarily say you need to go there to see the Monet or you need to see these big names. Right. You know, what about the local names? And I think that's where this couple is cool. I, I actually saw an interview real quick that they did earlier when they were talking about how they couldn't afford paintings when they started buying them. They were almost doing layaway plants, giving five bucks a month to artists so they could buy these paintings. That's how they started. Wow. Early on, I don't know why, I don't know how we realized this was going to be our mission in life. And since almost all our resources were always committed to it, we decided that no piece would ever be bought unless we would agree on it. Both of us had to agree, which is an almost impossible thing. (laughs) Especially if you know us, it's even more impossible. And as our kids came of age, and they were equally interested, if not more interested, they were incorporated into it. And again, the same rules hold. No piece can ever be purchased unless all of us agree, making it approximately eight times harder to agree. But somehow, 7,400 times we've agreed. So I think they have this appreciation, you know, yeah. for local art and local artists and mm. now putting it on display. We're now going to give you the impossible task, Mike, of trying to describe one piece <laughs> of art that you saw in this audio medium. Uh, very contemporary. <laughs> I am, yeah. <laughs> There's Impossible, a surprise I said for it. you in the basement. You know, go check it out. Oh, that's <laughs> the Jugs thing. Museum. Surprise in the basement. Wait, I'm very interested to visit this, especially since it's free. It's just a new opportunity for people to kind of, you know, introduce art into their lives. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I'll say it's a, it's a definitely an exhibit, at least that one in particular that you would like me to describe. Right. Very contemporary. It's about electronic age that we've moved into. Ooh. And, you know. <laughs> Check it out. Makes you think. Wow. Well, Mike, thank you for bringing it to us. You got it. And it's Halloween costume crunch time. Coming up after the break, Luke and I will tell you about our greatest costumes, just in case you need some last-minute ideas. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, 
all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602, changing lives. Explain your DNA on, on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms. And before we go, Megan, what's the best Halloween costume you've ever had? You're not prepared for it. Wow. You're not not prepared. That's a statement, I guess. For the excellence. Okay, I was in fifth grade, I think. Whatever. I was around that age, (laughs) 10-ish. And um, (laughs) this is actually the most Washington story. It's so funny. Okay, so I wanted to be a gumball machine. Wow. And I had this great idea. And my mom, who worked at a hospital at the time, got one of those giant clear trash bags. So we filled it with smaller color balloons. Wow. And I had like two like holes cut for my legs. Yeah. And we sort of tied it around my neck in in a non, you know, choking way. You could still breathe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I had, and it was really cool. It was like walking around as a 10 cents or whatever on it. I made it probably four houses before my leg holes (laughs) had stretched out and the balloons were coming out of the leg holes. Oh, no. And so I was like, you know, devastated. Yes, obviously. Obviously. So I go back to my parents' house. Well, which was also my house. So I go back to my house and my mom was like, you know, what what do I do? Like, I have to come up with something right now that my kid can like walk out the door with. Right. Yeah. And so she gets (laughs) so bad. It's so bad. She gets a poster board and like a ribbon and basically staples the ribbon around the poster board, puts okay. the poster around my neck. I see it. It's like hanging from my neck, a poster board. Yeah. Gets Monopoly money, staples a bunch of Monopoly money all over the board, and then writes in Sharpie, the deficit. Oh my gosh. Wow. That What a spark of inspiration, like on a moment's notice. I went outside and my brother just like started laughing so hard he like fell over. He's like, you're the <laughs> deficit. I was like, I don't have anything else to be. The literal scariest thing ever. In the 90s, 100%. Wow. And all, everywhere I went, every adult was like, this is the best costume I've seen the you entire day. You can take day. five king-size <laughs> bars, Megan. <laughs> I was like, I don't even really understand what I am. Wow. But it's working for me. Dang, a two-parter. Not bad. Yeah, it was it was a pretty epic night. That's pretty good. What was your best costume? Well, I was in college, and in college, I had really long hair yes, and a big you beard. Yes, you like, yes, yes. Yeah. You did for not look like the know, man you are now. Yeah, yeah, I had long flowing hair, big beard. I was in San Diego, and uh, the new Thor movie had just, you know, <laughs> come out. Yes, I see and where this And so I was a runner, you know. I was just, you know, like I was a slim runner, surfer kind of guy. Right. So I got my Thor hammer, Thor cape. And I went as a prepubescent Thor. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a no! sign, and yes, yeah, very self-deprecating, but it was a hit. Everyone loved it because it was an honest costume. You know, I didn't have a muscle suit or anything like that. Wait, you had a sign on you that said what it was? Yeah, prepubescent Thor. You know, like developing Thor, basically. How do you feel about? I feel like if you have to put a sign that says what the costume is, if you're explaining, you're losing that it kind of may deal. Not be, yeah. and this is coming from the deficit, so I feel like that's true. Both of ours are, I guess, strikeouts, but I thought they were pretty good. It was a hit at the time. That's very funny. Actually. Yeah, it was a hit at the time because um, I had the hair, had the beard, but just I 
always look muscles. forward to seeing people's Halloween costume pictures after the fact. If you have a really good one or you put your kid or your dog in a really good one, uh-huh. I, I just love seeing them. Just like the kid's face. Just, being like, <laughs> just boom. like, apparently my nephew wants to be a strawberry and I just can't wait for that. Wow, that's cute. That, yeah. That, that sounds really cute. He's going to be, he's going to, he's going to fit the part. That's all I'm going to say. Wow. I'm very excited for him. Well, folks, see if you can beat that. I don't know. That's pretty tough. That's pretty tough to top. Listen, everybody's got a Monopoly board, so I might be saving somebody <laughs> a situation where they have their kid coming back in tears and they can put something together. Just what would it be? It would be like the stock market or my 401k. <laughs> Something like that. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, that'll do it for us today on the DMV Download with that smooth transition. We We are brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602, and our music is by Real World. Give us a review and rate our show if you get the chance. Tell everyone about the show also. You can find us everywhere, social media, online, on the World Wide Web at dmvdownload.com. And hopefully we'll have some pictures from the museum today that we're sharing on social for you guys. Uh Uh-huh. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP (laughs) News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in the... 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com and on the WTOP News app. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow.